You know, home is a place of love, acceptance, healing, and hope. And it's a place you can always go back to. You know, as you know, one of the reasons that uh, I believe God is so blessing us here in, 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 in Berwick is because the Senecas came back home. There was a time that, that I let a bunch of preachers elect me to an office in Alexandria, and I won't let that happen again. Okay? And uh, when I left the district office, I, I, I didn't know where to go, but I decided to come home. Amen? And during this time of home, I've made some great experiences with my, my boys, had some wonderful moments that I'll cherish forever with my dad. So many things are significant when you come back home. And today is a day of homecoming for so many brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we just hope that you feel the same love, acceptance, and the presence of Jesus like never before. Because at the end of the day, that's what we need to exalt. The Bible says that if I be lifted up, if Jesus be lifted up, what would he do? He'll draw all men. Amen? And the church does such a job of, of exalting so many different things. Pastor, sometimes we forget to exalt the one thing that we need to, and that's Jesus. Amen? So I just want to remind us all that we're here to exalt Jesus. We're here to put him in a place of prominence. And when we do, the best is truly yet to come. Amen? As I was praying for today's service and message, I believe the Lord led me to Joshua chapter 1 for a few reminders from his word about times of transition. Okay? This is a time of welcoming home, but it's also a time of transition. Because for the first time in many, many years, Pastor Randy is not behind this sacred desk, okay? There was moments during the district office times that we attended a local church, and it was kind of challenging for me to open my Bible sitting in a pew instead of open my Bibles behind a, a, a pulpit. So it's a time of transition. It's a time of transition for many of us in here today. Some of you have, have been very involved in some areas, and, and, and now you're not so involved. Or maybe you were not so involved, and now you're getting more involved. It's a time of transition. Well, God understands times of transition. Amen? And he's just as much God during times of transition, during times when everything else is running according to, to plan. But I believe today that God wants to speak to us from the book of Joshua about times like these, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And here's the good news. He saw this day many, many years ago. Amen? He saw some things that transpired that, that maybe grieved his heart, but he saw this day today. And that put a smile upon his heart. That allowed him to maybe allow some of the things that transpired because he saw this day, Bliss. He saw you leading us into the presence of God. He saw your dad up here praying the power of God. He saw those things. And Mike, he knew it would be okay. You see, we serve a God that is able to see all of our yesterdays, todays, and tomorrows at the same time. And that's why he is able to guide us and direct us like only he can. So today I want us to look to the book of Joshua and just be encouraged by God's word today. Can we pray? Lord, we just welcome your presence, Lord. I need your anointing. I'm not a good enough preacher just to share my thoughts, but God, if you'll anoint it. God, if you'll speak through me today, God, I believe we'll be forever changed. I pray today, Lord God, that we together would look to you the author and the finisher of our faith, God, to, to, to do an amazing work in this community. That's my, my heart. That's Pastor Randy's heart. That is each and every one of our hearts here today. Touch us today and use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody would say, Amen. 
So as you turn into Joshua chapter 1, let me give you a little background. Moses, or Big Mo, as I like to call him, okay? I love Moses. Me and him have the same nickname. I don't know if they called him Big Mo, but I do. So Big Mo had led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, okay? They had been in Egyptian bondage for many, many years, and, and, and God had sent a deliverer in Moses, okay? And uh, if you want to go home and read this story, you can read in the first uh, 13, 14, 15 chapters of the book of Exodus. It tells how God miraculously delivered the children of Israel. And then they journeyed in the wilderness while God, through Moses, was giving them the Levitical law, okay? They were in the wilderness, and Moses was getting directions from God, and he was writing down, here's what God expects, okay? Here's the word of God, and here's how his children should act. And then we pick up a story in Numbers chapter 13 and 14 where 12 spies are sent out to scout the land. But sadly, God's children made a decision based upon fear rather than faith, and it cost them dearly. See, guys, let me interject right here. We make decisions every day, okay? Some of you are making decisions of where are you going to eat after church, okay? That's not a monumental decision, okay? Uh, that's not a huge life or death decision, but some of us are making other decisions. Some of us have been given uh, diagnoses by doctors, and you're having to make decisions that are very weighty decisions. Well, the children of Israel had an even weightier decision to make, and they had a decision to decide, are we going to believe God, or we're going to believe what we see? Are we going to trust what God has said, or are we going to believe what we see? And sadly, they chose fear over faith. See, guys, I've decided long ago to live my life basing my decisions upon faith and not upon fear. Because when you make a decision based upon fear, you are making a mistake. You are walking outside the blessings of God. Amen? So you need to make up your mind today that I'm going to make every decision from this point forward based upon faith. Based upon what God says He can do, because I believe that He can do what He says He can do. Sadly, the children of God made a very poor decision. The rest of Numbers and Deuteronomy tell of 40 years of going in circles in the desert based because of the decision to not trust God. Again, friends, our decisions have consequences. Make decisions based upon faith in God and His promises, not fear of what might happen. You know, it's the funny thing about fear. I've heard it as an acronym, false evidence that appears real. It's about stuff that we think is going to happen that usually doesn't happen, okay? We think about all these things. I, you know, the mind is a terrible thing sometimes, okay? Yeah, it's a terrible thing to waste, but it's also a terrible thing. It can think some pretty crazy and outlandish things sometimes. Look, guys, let me help you with something. If you have a headache, don't Google the symptoms. What? What is a headache, okay? You'd be calling the pastor in the middle of the night. I've got an aneurysm. No, you got a headache, honey. Okay? Miss Chantel, be quiet, okay? We have a little joke here. She thinks I'm a baby. Pastor Randy, why, okay? You know, it's something about, because you ladies have babies, you think we're tough, y'all tougher than we are, okay? Well, look, I had a sinus headache the other that night, Nick, and it was bad. I mean, I was hurting, Okay? And, and, and i got no sympathy whatsoever. What is up with that? Messiah, you need to pray for my wife, okay? But but, but here's the deal. I, I, I know better than to Google the symptoms, okay? But I Googled the symptoms. I, I think I'm a goner, okay? But here's the deal, guys. Fear begins to mount up, and if you don't deal with it, 
you don't deal with it properly, you're going to make poor decisions. Amen? We need to make our decisions based upon faith and what God has said, okay? And the children of Israel, their decision based upon fear costs them 40 years. Think about it. What has unbelief cost you and me? What has unbelief, what has the decisions based upon fear cost you and I? It's cost us something, huh? It's cost us our peace. It's cost us our sanity. It's cost us our, our comfort. It's cost us many years of regret. But you know what? From this day forward, let's make up our mind to make decisions based upon faith. Amen? I want us to read real quick, again, part of the background, if we're going to get into Joshua's, looking back to Deuteronomy. So I want you to turn back to Deuteronomy chapter number 34. Because right here we have uh, God speaking to his servant Moses. And I'm going to pick up reading in verse number 31. I'm putting on these new glasses that do miraculous things when you look through them. Young people, no jokes. Deuteronomy chapter number 34, verse number 1. It says, And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountains of Nebo to the top of Pigsaw, which is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim, and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah unto the utmost sea, and the south, and the plain of the valley of Jericho, and the city of palm trees unto Zor. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land that I swore unto Abraham, unto Isaac, unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with your own eyes, but thou shalt not go hither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. This is the last, uh, last uh, encounter that we had with Moses, okay? But God in his goodness wanted to remind Moses of his promise. Amen? God took Moses up into a high place, and, and he was able to look over all the land, all the promised land that was promised way back to the patriarch Abraham. That was carried on that promise down through the years, and Moses got to see it. Now, because of some transgressions, he wasn't able to lead the people there, but he got to see it. Guys, it's just a reminder one more time of how good our God is. Amen? This day is a good day. Not because of us, but because of Him. And I believe, as Pastor Randy said, the best is still yet to come. Amen? God keeps His promises. Amen? God keeps His promises. Now, here's the thing about promises. A promise is only as good as the one giving it. Let's remember that during election season. Next uh, Saturday, I believe, is an election day, okay? And between now and then, politicians are going to be making a bunch of promises, okay? Now, guys, I'm not going to say you can't believe anything they say, but I'm just going to say, remember, a promise is only good as the person giving it, okay? And when somebody shows you their true colors, believe them. When somebody shows you their true colors, believe them. Now, we serve a God who has showed us his true colors. He's good. He's gracious. He's faithful. Amen? His mercies are new every morning. And he made a promise to the children of Israel, and he intended to keep it. And guess what, guys? He's made promises to you and I as well. He's made promises to you as an individual. He's made promises to this church. There have been words spoken over this church that we have not seen come to pass yet. But I believe we're closer today than ever before. Amen? God renews his promises to his people. He reminds us of how good he is in spite of us. God keeps his promises. So I just want to challenge you today. Are you standing on a promise today? 
Are you believing God for a healing? Are you believing God for a breakthrough? How many are believing God for an unsaved loved one's salvation? Anybody? Many of us in here, you're standing on promises. Don't stop believing. Amen? Don't stop believing. Keep believing. A couple weeks ago, I shared the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 24. Faithful is he that called you who also will do it. Amen? Guys, it's your promise. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing for your healing, Sister Gail. Don't stop believing for your breakthrough. Don't stop believing for that loved one's salvation because God is faithful. Amen? So, guys, Moses is gone. Joshua is taking over as the new leader of Israel. Pastor Randy, I'm glad that's where our parallels with this story differ. You're not gone. You're right here. You're on the front row. Amen in me. I'm excited. They're going to be preaching real, real soon, too. Okay? So the new leader of Israel is taking over. It's a time of transition for Israel like it is for you and I today. So let's look together at Joshua chapter 1 and see if we can learn a lesson or two from the Word of God. Joshua chapter number 1. Let me begin reading with verse number 1. The Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. Isn't it good to know that God still speaks? Isn't it good to know that, that Brother Donald, God used to speak to you and to your parents and, and to the old folks in the faith, he still speaks today. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that the same God that spoke to Moses is speaking to Joshua? Hey, look, guys. I believe in this next generation. I believe that, 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 that my sons are going to be able to hear from God just like I was able to hear from God and am able to hear from God. We believe in the next generation. Pastor Ronnie, if folks want to know why we're making the investments we make, because we believe in that next generation. Guys, if we don't believe in the next generation, that means we have no future as a church. Amen? So we better believe in, this, in the next generation. Moses is gone. Joshua is taking over. But God is still the same. Isn't it good to know with all the change going on in the world that we serve a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Look, guys, I'll be honest. I know I've led a lot of change in the church. I don't like some of it. I'm not going to tell you what I like and what I don't like, okay? But I realize that change is necessary. It's also just a part of life. Hey, look, guys, if you want to see change, look in the mirror. How many of you look the same? Pastor Randy, your football team, almost said from way back when, from a couple years ago, they looked a little differently than they do today, right? You know, I, I hope y'all lined up in like the old single wing, okay? Because Cohen was doing it too, okay? They could have lined up and run a play, okay? That'd been neat. But it probably, eh, probably best that y'all did, okay? Because things change, right? If you don't think things change, just keep an eye on your hairline. Keep, a, keep, a, keep an eye on your waistline. Things change, amen? And look, guys, sometimes things don't change quick enough in the church. But we need to believe that God is in every one of these changes. Amen? Because God still speaks. Transitions do not surprise God. Let me say that again. God was not surprised when I reached out to Pastor Ronnie about that, Randy, about this day. God was not surprised when he took that step of faith to say, yes, now is the time. God was not surprised by those things. God is not surprised with what's going on in your life today. Some of you may have got a surprise diagnosis from a, doc, uh, from, from a doctor. Some of you may be going through something today. Maybe your job is letting you go or there's making a transition. None of that surprises God. And I've got good news for you. He's not sitting up in heaven scratching his head going, what I'm going to do. 
How am I going to get Nick out of this situation? How is this going to work out? He's not like that. He knows what's going on. We just have to trust him. But isn't it good to know that God still speaks? The same God that spoke to Moses is speaking to Joshua. God was still in control. Mm. Guys, believe it or not, God was still in control some 20 years ago when so much humbug occurred at this church. Even though he saw this day 20 years ago. And that's why maybe he allowed some of the things to happen. Because he saw today as a day of healing and restoration. Amen? I would challenge every one of us here today. Let God finish the healing and the restoration in your heart today. Amen? Because I truly believe the best is yet to come. Think about the things that we're promoting in our community. Think about the things today is saying to our community, God is faithful. God is able to put things back together. God is able to heal. God is able to restore. God is able to bring forgiveness. And if God can do those things in a church, imagine what he can do in a community. Amen? I want this to be the church where broken marriages can come in and be healed. Amen? I want this to be the church where broken bodies can come in and be healed. Amen? I want this to be the place that people who are maybe running away from a call can come back home and be restored. And all the glory goes to God. Amen? That's what church is all about. So Moses is gone, and Joshua is the new leader, but God is still in control. That's good to know. Let's continue with verse number two. God states the obvious. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. See, God is beginning to speak renewed vision. God is beginning to renew what he told Moses, okay? He's telling Joshua, look, Moses is dead. That that season is ending. There's a new season. There's new victories to be won. There's new things to do for me. God speaks fresh vision to Joshua. And he's speaking fresh vision to us today. Amen? I'm so glad this is where we have a change in our story because it's easy to say I'm the new leader and the old leader, and but, but I'm glad he's still here. I'm glad, like he said on Wednesday night, I'm not retired, I'm refired. Amen? I'm not retired and I'm refired. Because let's be honest, a true man of God can never retire. Amen? There are roles for him to play. There are things for him to do. We're in this thing together. In fact, let me say this. There's a role for every one of us here today to play. As Pastor Ronnie said at the beginning of service, none of you are here by mistake. Not a one of you are here by mistake, okay? Some of you think you just came for coffee and donuts. No, no, no. You're not here by mistake, okay? God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you to accomplish right here in the local church. Amen? There's much kingdom work to be done. So here's what God tells Moses. Go. There's an action there. It's a time to move. It's a time to do something. Look, guys, the kingdom of God is about action. It's about activity. We're supposed to be on the offensive, not playing defense. Amen? And then the Bible says, together. So he tells Joshua, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people. You see, guys, we are truly better together than we ever can be apart. 
Amen? There's something so significant about that banner. Unity attracts His presence. Amen? When we're unified, there's nothing we cannot do. God's children are being commanded to go into the promised land. Go receive your inheritance. Go do what God has promised you. Take that step of faith and watch God do the rest. Guys, we're doing that today as churches. We're doing that today as ministers. But I want you to do it as an individual. Some of you need to make that phone call. Some of you need to forgive that person. Some of you need to take that step of faith that God's been dealing with you about. Why? Because God is in the restoration. God is in the putting things back together. There is nothing. Say nothing. There is nothing God cannot do. Amen? God continues to speak to Joshua in verse number 3. Every place, say every place, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you as I said unto Moses. See right here is a reminder of our authority and our dominion. You see, guys, we forget how much authority we have as children of God. We forget sometimes who we are. Amen? And the enemy wants you to forget that. The enemy wants you to forget what kind of authority and what kind of dominion you have. But do you realize how much power you have in the Spirit? Do you realize who you are as a child of God? Consider just for a moment some of the things the Word of God says. Matthew chapter number 18. Matthew chapter number 18, verse number 18, it says this. Jesus is speaking. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Guys, there's great power. The things that we declare here on earth are done in heaven. Amen? Those things that we say here in the Spirit have power in the heavenly realms. Verse 19. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, say anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Guys, there's power. There's power in the prayer of agreement. There's power in togetherness. Amen? Continue with, uh, with chapter number 21. Jesus is continuing to teach right here the kind of power and the kind of authority that we have as God's children. Matthew 21, verse number 21. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, it shall be done. Verse 22, and all things, say all things, all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Look, guys, we need to ask for some outlandish things. We need to ask for cancer to be healed. We need to ask for God to heal marriages. We need to ask God to do miraculous things. Why? Because that's our authority. That is the privilege that we have as children of God, but we forget about it. We forget about it. Guys, let's remember who we are and whose we are. Let's remember who's for us and not against us. Let's remember that we are the head and not the tail. These are just a couple glimpses of the power and authority that we have as believers. Let's continue with verse number 4. Back to Joshua chapter number 1. From the wilderness, this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. See, not just a partial promise, but everything is yours. Everything. You know, some of us are not believing God for enough. Some of you are just believing for God 
Well, God, if, if, if you could just get my son saved, if you could just get my grandson saved, guess what? God's not only to get able to get him saved, he's able to get the whole family saved, amen? He's able to call him in the ministry. He's able to exalt and do some things that you can't hardly imagine. Why? Because we serve a God of exceedingly abundantly more, amen? Let's start believing God for more. Let's stop believing for just enough and believe for more than enough, Amen? So God's reminding Joshua, this is just not a partial promise. This is just not a little dab, but do you? Everything you see, son, is yours. Verse number five. There shall not be any man. Mm, this is good. There shall not be any man who is able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Wow, what another great promise. God is telling the new young leader, Joshua, no man can stand against you. He saw God fight for Moses. He saw God open the the earth and, and defend Moses. He saw God fight for Moses and defend him, and he said, I'm going to do the same for you. Look, guys, we serve a God that if you'll let him fight your battles, he's undefeated. The problem is some of us constantly deal with defeat because we think we got this. How's that working for you? Okay? Look, guys, it's like a tag team. God is on the sidelines saying, baby, please tag me in. Come on, dude. Are you t- will you give me a shot? Okay? Kind of like hating at the ball game. Come on, coach. One run. Just give me the ball one time, okay? And you know what? God would be even more successful than Hayden was when he got the ball. If you just give the ball to Jesus, friends, he's undefeated, okay? He will fight that battle. He'll deliver you. Sometimes the most, the, the best thing you can do is keep your mouth shut. Let God fight your battles. Guys, I think about some times in my life where God spoke to my heart. Mo, I got this. Come on, God, you don't need my help. No, I don't need your help, okay? Just keep your mouth shut. And here's the miracle of the thing. I did. Now, if you know me, me keeping my mouth shut and me staying out of the fray is a miracle, okay? But God spoke to my heart. And, Mike, when I stepped back and God stepped in, ooh, it went really, really well for us. Why? Because he's undefeated. Here's the good news. He doesn't love me or the plus laws anymore or any less than he loves you. You've got to believe him. You've got to stand on his promises. You've got to believe what the Bible says about you, that you are his child. You're the apple of his eye. There's nothing he cannot or will not do for you. Just like he was with Moses, he was with Joshua, he'll be with you and for you if you'll let him. See, friends, all these promises are applicable to you and me today if we'll only continue to be obedient to the Lord. Because remember, blessings follow obedience. Amen? Let's look a little bit about that obedience. So, we have the promise that in every area of our lives, God is going to be for us. He's going to be with us. He's not going to fail us or forsake us. Look at verse number 6. Be strong. And of good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. You see, guys, the Bible says be strong and of good courage. This begins six different commands to Joshua that you and I must follow. Again, God is a God of condition. God is a God of covenant. He says if these are the things you do, here are the things I will do. Amen? That great promise. 
promise in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. It says, if my people, there are some things that we need to do. And then when we do them, God answers, right? So we, we understand that. One of the things that God is telling Joshua and he's telling you and I as we walk into this new time of transition, this new season for our church and for our family and for our lives is be strong and of good courage. Amen? Be strong. Stand up. Be of good courage. Base your decisions on faith and not on fear. Amen? So he says, be strong and of good courage. Now, here's the deal. He says it three times. He says it three times. Here's the thing, guys. God doesn't repeat himself for his benefit, but for ours. (sighs) Yeah, I ask this question often. Any of you ever been a teacher or a parent? You ever had to repeat yourself? Jared, you ever had to repeat yourself once or twice to your kids? Okay. Once or twice, right? You ever had to kind of say, no, 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 really, no, okay? You're having to repeat yourself, okay? God is having to repeat himself because we are kind of hard-headed sometimes, okay? We Cajuns are a little bit hard-headed, okay? Remember, I can talk about you because I are one, okay? My nickname growing up was Ted Nutter. I'm a hardhead, okay? So, so God is saying be strong and of good courage, and he says it three times why to get through this thick skull. God doesn't repeat himself for his benefit, but for ours. Courage, guys, this is really good. Be strong and of good courage. Courage is not the absence of fear, but it's making a God-honoring decision to act based upon faith and not fear. Let me say that again. Sometimes we think courage is the absence of fear. We see people that make courageous decisions and we're like, oh, they, they just don't deal with fear. No, no, no. They've learned how to interpret fear differently than the rest of us. You see, courage is not the absence of fear, but it's making a God-honoring decision to act based upon faith and not upon fear. Pastor Randy, I've made decisions before that I've sat behind my desk, and I'm really glad I was sitting behind my desk because my feet wouldn't stop shaking because I was scared to death. But from the outside, I was making a decision based upon what God had told me, okay? So it wasn't that I wasn't scared. I just acted in spite of it. You see, guys, think about something for a second. Where does fear come from? Does it come from God? No. Okay, the Bible tells us in, uh, in, in, in Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what? Power, love, and a sound mind. So that when, we are, when we're feeling fearful, and especially if we're doing something for God, there must be a reason. You ever felt fearful to share the gospel with a loved one? You ever felt fearful to talk about Jesus at Walmart or to reach out to somebody in love? Yeah, we all have, right? Do you think that fear came from God? It came from the evil one. It came from the the devourer, the one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So we need to learn how to interpret and respond to fear in a different way. See, when the enemy wants you to hit the brakes, hit the gas. Let me say that again. When the enemy wants you to slow down, speed up. Amen? When the enemy tries to bring fear in your way, say, oh, no. No, I know what you're up to, and I'm going to go on anyhow. Amen? But the Bible tells us be strong and of good courage. He's telling Joshua that. He's telling you and I that today as well. Let's continue with verse 7. I'm almost done. Only be thou strong and very courageous. There he is repeating himself again. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, has commanded thee. Turn not to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever you go. The Bible says, do all the law. Follow God's word. Follow his commands and his precepts. You see, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. 
teenagers, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. Now, are you going to mess up sometimes? Yeah, you're going to mess up. But it ain't what you did, it's what you do next. Let me say that again. It's not what you did, it's what you do next. So many times we make bad decisions, then we mount them with other bad decisions. That's not a good thing to do. If you make a bad decision, own it. Say, hey, I messed up. Guess what, guys? That's just not for teenagers. That's for us grown-ups, too. Because I've counseled 50-year-olds that are on a pretty good track record of making bad decisions. Stop it. Okay? Make good decisions. Make decisions based upon God's Word. That's why you got to get in this Word, guys. That's why you got to know what the Word says. You gotta, we got to be people of the book. Amen? we gotta, we got to get off of Facebook and get back in the book. Amen? Come on, now. we got to be people of the book, guys. Oh, I'm going to preach a message on that soon. <laughs> I got an interesting response. We need to do what the Word says, guys. Blessings follow obedience. Also, don't forget, don't lose focus. The Bible says don't turn to the right or to the left. See, the devil, if he can't defeat you, and he can't. If you stand on the promises of God, if you trust God in every area of your life, he cannot defeat you. But he'll, serve, he'll settle for distracting you. He'll settle for distracting you. That's why the Bible says, don't look to the right or to the left. Stay focused on Him. Stay focused on your purpose. Stay focused on what God wants you to do. Now, I'm reminded of a story when Peter walked on water. Now, many of you go, oh, I know how that one ended up. You know what? Let's not focus on how it ended up, but let's focus on the fact that only two men ever walked on water. One of them was God's only son, and the other one was Peter. You ever walked on water? Donald, you ever walked on water? No, all the time in the boat. You never walked on water? Never. Think about it, guys. Peter walked on water. Now, how was he able to do that? When he focused on Jesus, when he kept his eyes on Jesus. Oh, but the story didn't end so well. Why? Because he took his eyes off Jesus. Guys, when we take our eyes off Jesus, we'll sink just as surely as Peter did. Amen? But keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be distracted, and God will honor that. Amen? Let's continue reading in verse 8 and 9, because the saints kick off at noon. This book of the law, this book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Guys, you need to not only read this word, you need to think about this word. You need to think about what you're reading, okay? This is not Hunter in American history where he just reads it and tries to get a few facts so he can make an A on the test. Look, guys, there's going to be a test on this book, too. It's a test how you live your life, amen? So you've got to live your life according to the book. So read this book, the book of the law, shall not depart from your mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written. Say all. Guys, we, we, we don't believe in a Bible buffet, okay? You can't take the good stuff and, and, and leave the other stuff, okay? For lunch, I'm taking Pastor Randy to a buffet. I'm going to just get the stuff I like. But guess what, guys? I've learned to like all the stuff in this book. Well, hey, what, what about that forgiveness stuff? Yeah, I really like the way Jesus forgave me, and in light of that, I ought to forgive others. Well, I don't know about loving my neighbor. Well, guess what? He, God loves you, so you better love others. So again, guys, we can't, we can't just pick and choose what we want, okay? We've got to know the book. We've got to study the book. We've got to meditate on the book. That thou may do us observe uh, to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Look, guys, how many want to be successful? I think we all do. That's an IQ question. That's making sure you're still awake. If you want to be successful, if you want to prosper, if you want to do good things, young people, do what this book says. Amen? God will honor you for it.
verse number 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. There it is a third time. Third time. Man, children, them Hebrew folks, they hard-headed, ain't they? Better watch it, Cajuns. We're just as hard-headed, okay? But God is trying to give us another chance. Aren't you, God, aren't you glad we serve a God of second chances? Aren't you glad that God has given us second chances and third chances? Look, I'm not keeping count, but I think I'm on 1,299, okay? I've I, I really exercised His grace in my life. Now, those of you who are laughing, you probably double-triple that, okay? But here's the deal. The Bible says His mercies are new when? Every morning. Amen? Every morning his mercies are new. We serve a God of second chances. Joshua chapter number one proves that God gives second chances. He gave the children of Israel who who so failed him, who had so made some anything but God-honoring decisions, a second chance to walk into the promised land, and he's doing the same thing for us today. He's doing the exact same thing for us today. We have an opportunity like no other. We have an opportunity to take steps of faith into the destiny that is ours, not just as a church, but as individuals. Look, guys, God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. God wants his favor to rest upon you and your house. Amen? But you've got to do things God's way. You've got to stop doing them your way and start doing them God's way. Walk in courage. Walk in strength. Walk in faith. The Bible says, Have not I commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Are you ever going to feel fear? Absolutely. But learn how to respond to it differently. Recognize it doesn't come from God. God gives us power, love, and a sound mind. So when you feel fear, do it anyway. Amen? Do what God is telling you anyway. Be not afraid. Neither be ye dismayed. Look. We have no time for distraction, squirrel. No, no. Stay focused. That was for you, right? Okay. Stay focused, okay? Stay focused on what God is calling you to do, on the goodness and the graciousness of God. And guys, if we do, if we remember one final promise, verse number 9, where the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. Guys, he's going to be with you. He promised not to leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says, I was once young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. As I get older, that means a little more to me. I had a birthday last week, okay? As I get older, that means more to me. I was once young and now I'm old. But I've never, say never, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Because we serve a faithful God. Amen? This morning is illustration of his faithfulness. As Miss Bless comes and plays softly. Guys, don't, don't become dismayed. Don't become discouraged. Keep your focus on Jesus, and there's nothing that he cannot do through us. Amen? One final promise. The Lord is with us wherever we go. He's going to be with us when you go to work tomorrow. He'll be with you when you go to the doctor this week. He'll be with you wherever you go. Friends, we are not alone. God is with us, and even more than that, he's for us. Remember what the Bible promises in Isaiah 54, 17, and I close with this. No weapon, say no weapon, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue, say every tongue, every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shall thou condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. As I close, friends, we serve a God who keeps his promises. He did it for the children of Israel. He'll do the
the same for you and I today. If he can bring these two great churches back together like he's done today, I submit to you that there is nothing he cannot do. Amen?